Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. I am here today with Jake, and we're going to do a little recap of the 49ers-Packers game. It will not take long at all. And then we're going to be talking about the 49ers. They're going to be playing for their 2021 jobs. And, like, these are the guys you want to watch for the rest of the year, basically. And for me, there's four guys, and we'll get into them later. But to start, the 49ers-Packers Thursday night football game, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, the next week of, because there's really not that, that much of a reason to talk about it. The Niners were fielding their AAF caliber roster out there, and it was, it was horrible. It was terrible to watch. Anytime you have a backup quarterback starting, it's already going to be most, li- it's most likely going to be a pretty tough watch. And in this case, they are missing almost every single important player besides Fred Warner was, was in the game. I think that's like an, an Eric Armstead, you know, like, Almost everyone that is like a key player for them was not in the game. So there's really nothing I can take away from this. Uh, Jake, what about you? Yeah, it was more of the same. I think the only bright spot out of the game is that uh, we saw Richie James kind of have a really good game. And I've been a big Richie James fan um, for the last couple of years. Um, He kind of got put on my radar after the Arizona Cardinals game. Um, last year, well, not put on my radar, but he kind of just confirmed that, uh, uh, confirmed my thoughts that he was a good player. And I've always been kind of curious why Kyle wasn't playing him ahead of guys like Trent Taylor. Um, maybe it's just that he liked him so much as a special teamer. But yeah, other than Richie James, uh, good game. I really did not see many positives come out of that game. Yeah, no, I think you're you're pretty accurate right there. Richie James was the only guy that really had an impact, I guess. And I mean, truthfully, a lot of that was kind of in garbage time. And he did have some nice routes where he got open um, and, and it was just a good play by him. And he was, had a couple routes early in the game too. And then obviously had the big touchdown at the end that definitely helped him. But I think he had a, a buck 84 and a touchdown. So great day for him. I will say though, I think that like, yeah, you brought up like Trent Taylor and them, those guys. I don't really know think Richie James is like a super key piece I think he's just a depth receiver but outside of like Kendrick Bourne these last couple years as like the non-starting receiver I think he's probably showed that he's I mean he's been better I would I would say than Dante Pettis and Trent Taylor and so like after that if you if you look at it you go Ayuk Debo then you have Bourne and it's probably Richie James after that so good for Richie. I think ideally you do not want him as your fourth receiver, but being a fifth or sixth guy on your roster, it's not the worst. He's not the worst guy to have right there. Um, and I think that we kind of, ex- I think we would both expect that the Niners will make some type of move a receiver. Um, even if that's not using draft capital or anything like that. And hopefully they also will have Jalen Hurd next year, but Richie James, I, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that's going to try to like, make, make, I guess, make his money. I don't, I think he's probably out to be a free agent either this year or the next year probably not going to make a big contract but he's going to try to hang around in the NFL and keep making rosters and I, and I think he's good enough to do that even if it's not with the 49ers. Richie James is in the third year of a four-year rookie contract only making uh, $679,000 so he's not even making 
a ton. He's due uh, 920000 next year. That'll be his age 25 season. Uh, he's definitely worth a look there um, in the slot next season in the Kendrick Bourne role if Kendrick Bourne walks because he wants more money, um, especially with how tight the cap is already going to be. And we'll get into that in a second, but um, yeah, I mean, for, you know, less than a million dollars, if that's your slot guy who really isn't seeing the field that much anyways, because you have a guy like Kittle, Ayuk, um, Moster, you know, those guys, um, then I honestly don't mind that. I actually don't mind him out of the slot. But like you said, uh, I'm sure we'll see either Bourne get brought back or, you know, some kind of option from either the draft or from free agency get brought in. Yeah, I, I think ideally he's like fifth or sixth guy and he's your returner just because he's a pretty solid returner. Um, he had a nice run back against the Rams last year and the return game doesn't doesn't matter as much as it used to just because of a lot of the rule changes. Um, but I'd rather have him back there than Dante Pettis. I and mean, we saw Dante coming in get flipped over last week. So, um, but anyways, like you brought up the value of him having him on, on the roster for under a million dollars. That is great. Um, and I also brought up to everyone that this whole episode is about the 49ers who are playing for their 2021 jobs. And the first guy is a guy that is not being valued very well. (laughs) And the team is definitely probably skeptical of how this first year is gone. And that guy would be Jimmy Ward. And I am a huge Jimmy Ward fan. I want everyone to know that. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time. I think he's an awesome guy. Um, if you follow him on Instagram or anything like that, he does a lot of getaway giveaways and stuff. And he's just a good dude. Like You could definitely tell. So I, I'm rooting for Jimmy to, to play really well. But I don't know if he's going to have that 2021 starting free safety job. I will say I, it is very unlikely that he's going to be cut or traded, though because he has $9.5 million in dead money next year. Um, And it's $11 million cap hit, not too bad, but there's a potential out after last year. So I would not be surprised at all if Tarverius Moore becomes the starting free safety, even before next season starts. And they kind of use Ward as like a utility, like defensive back, like he's been used his whole career. And I know that he doesn't want to do that, but I, I think that Tarverius Moore is kind of showing like I'm the future at safety and having him as their starter. I, th- I, I think it might be better for them. Um, and also one other little side note, if Kawan was, if Kwan Williams was uh, to price himself out, Jimmy Ward could play the nickel. Like he, he could definitely do that. But I think whatever happens with Ward, I think he's a 49er in 2021. I don't know if he's the starting free safety. I think that's the big if. But after 2021, he will be cut, like, pretty positively unless he turns it around. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy Ward, he's never been, you know, this flashy guy drafted up in the first round, pick 25. Uh, He was one of the last bulky era picks. Um, And he's never really turned out into anything phenomenal. Um, I think he's been, you know – a pretty decent player his whole career. I believe he's the longest tenured 49er now with Joe Staley gone, which is like crazy to think about. Um, Yeah. I mean that 11 million cap hit definitely hurts, especially because 
you know, like you were saying, he's probably not the best starting option at free safety now with Tarverius Moore, who's proven he's more than capable and probably has a higher ceiling at this point in his career um, than Jimmy Ward. But yeah, that $9.5 million in dead money, if we cut him uh, this offseason, that is a dangerous number. And I do not think it's worth it. You might as well keep him there, um, especially because he's not bad depth. Like you're saying, even if he's not the starter, uh, that's a damn good backup to have. Um, obviously not ideal that you would be paying a backup safety $11 million, but it is what it is, honestly. Yeah, I, I feel like them having signed Jimmy Ward, obviously everyone knows about the impact it had on Buckner. Um, I think we've talked about that before, but the other thing is like that could make Kwan Williams not able to be retained. And that's where I think it gets a little bit, oh, I don't know about that move. Um, but that, that's kind of where we're at with him. He has to step it up at free safety if he's going to be the starting free safety. If not, I don't think they'll cut him. Is it worth it to cut Jimmy Ward for $1.5 million? I don't think so. I, I absolutely do not think that is accurate at all. Um, but let's move on from Jimmy. And Eric Armstead is our next guy. So in 2021, he'll have a $12.5 million cap hit. and if they cut him, it would be $28 million in dead cap. So guess what? They're not cutting him. <laughs> um, then in 2022, he has a $20 million cap hit, $16.5 million in cap, or sorry, $16.5 million in dead money that year. So $20 million, $16.5 in dead, they're not cutting him then either. So his contract will probably end up being a three-year $55 million deal and then they'll lose $11.5 million in dead cap. The way that this season has gone, that does not look pretty at all. However, we had to bring him up just because there's been a lot of talk about Eric Armstead and his, his struggles this year. Um, I don't think he's playing for his 2021 job at all. He's going to make way too much money these next two years, and they've in the 49ers, the whole organization has seen him succeed. I mean, last year he led the team in sacks. He will be the starter. I mean, he kind of bounces around. He goes inside and outside a lot, but he will be a focal point point of the of the defensive line. So he's really going to be playing for his whole contract, which I highly doubt he will ever see. And maybe he could be traded, but I don't really think that they're going to trade him. He's he's really playing for for like the team having faith in him, and he's these next the rest of this year and the next two years, he's kind of playing to play out his whole contract as well. So he's a guy that hopefully he steps it up. I mean, a lot of people did not like Eric Armstead and everyone used to just, I don't know. A lot of people got really frustrated with him. He's a first round pick. It seems kind of similar to how people have been acting about Javon Kinlaw, but I mean, and we both disagree with that, that we think Kinlaw has been fine as a rookie. Like we don't have any issues with that at all. He's a raw player. Um, but Armstead was that kind of mold coming out too. And so last year was his big coming out year. This year he doesn't have the help and it's hurt him a lot. So let's hope that Eric Armstead steps it up in the second half. Yeah. And I think Eric Armstead is one of those guys who he's a very dependent player. Um, you know, there's certain guys where they make a defensive line click. Um, those guys are Aaron Donald, Cleo Mack, T.J. Watt, uh, Nick Bosa for the 49ers. Um, and when you're down without those guys, the rest of the defensive line can't get their job done. And I will agree that 
Eric Armstead is probably largely a pretty average player and he definitely is getting overpaid. Um, I definitely think he's more of a 10 to $15 million a year range kind of player as opposed to the 18 to $20 million that he'll be receiving um, kind of like on a year to year basis. Um, I know next year he's making 12 million, which I actually think is probably a pretty fair um, price tag on him. Um, but yeah, with, I think without having Ford, without having um, Buck, without having uh, Bosa, I mean, literally you're talking about three guys that, you know, were next to Armstead every single snap last year. I mean, obviously not every single snap, but you know, these are guys that he relied on to make him good. And they're just not there. And so it's, it's really tough to judge Armstead off that because no team is going to double team Kerry Hyder, right? It's so easy to make the argument that, oh, you know, Kerry Hyder, three and a half sacks, uh, you know, and yeah, he's been good for sure, but nobody's going in circling Kerry Hyder. They're like, oh, if he gets a sack, he gets a sack. We're going to, you know, make him beat us as opposed to Eric Armstead, who we're just going to throw you know, two guys on. It's just easy, you know, double team Eric Armstead and the defensive line is neutralized. And guys like DJ Jones and um, Javon Kinlaw, you know, Kinlaw's raw. He's still working on his techniques and stuff. And then uh, DJ Jones is, um, you know, he just hasn't been the same kind of player. He's been really good. I think he has four sacks this season, something like that. You know, he's his sack totals are pretty high. He's having a really good year. But you can't replace the um, the production that guys like Ford and Bosa and Buckner were producing because that was just an all-time kind of defensive line there. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how suffocating that defensive line was. Armstead was a huge piece in that. He's got a he, – I mean, I think, that that is, I think that's why we don't really expect him to lose his job because you feel the same way, right, Jake? Yeah, I don't think he's going to lose his job. It's pretty secure, uh, especially with the $28 million in dead cap. That essentially, yeah, they're not moving him. Yeah, he, that, that essentially locks him in. I mean, you would really have to do something miraculous to cut him um, of $28 million. I mean, that's, that is a lot of dead money. But yeah, I mean, look, obviously he's been bad statistically, um, but – Look, when you're getting double team like that, I don't expect a average to above average player to produce with zero help on that defensive line. He's been good, but uh, he hasn't been great like we saw last season. And a lot of that was due to that historically good defense. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, hopefully Javon Kenlaw takes the jump. Bosa's back and healthy. Maybe D Ford continues his career. I don't know. That's really in jeopardy right now. Um, but if D4 doesn't, then maybe they hang on to Kerry Hyder, DJ Jones gets retained, or they get someone else in free agency, and they try to keep building that defensive lineup. Because if you have the strength there, the rest of the defense will – they'll take care of themselves. They'll be all right. Um, but the next guy, had to bring him up – pretty much bring him up every single episode, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he he's not going to be on the same deal. I think there's virtually no chance that happens. Unless he comes out, he absolutely dominates now. His ankle's good, and he just starts lighting it up, and, and they get the – I guess there's eight seeds now. So the eighth seed maybe. I don't know. It's kind of up in the air. They get the seventh or eighth seed. They make the playoffs. Maybe win a playoff game. That, that's like the only way that I think he doesn't – that he sees this contract. Um, 
The reason why, there is a $2.8 million dead cap amount in 2021 and a $1.4 million dead cap amount in 2022. Um, he would be making 26.9 and then $27 million in those two years. So he's, I, I think his, his, him having that deal is very unlikely. However, no one ever talks about this, and I don't understand why. I think he's probably likely to be retained on some sort of restructured deal. Because what they're going to say is, look, Jimmy, we don't want you at $26.9 million. We don't. Like, it's not worth it to us. We'd rather just roll, it, like, roll, up with, roll out with a rookie. If they get, have Jimmy for $10 million, $15 million, like the Teddy Bridgewater type deal on the Saints, like that, that amount, and they say, look, you're going to compete for your starting job with this rookie player. Zach Wilson is a name that's flying around. I wrote an article about him. If you want to check that out, it would be at theworsttakenetwork.com. Had to plug that in there real quick. But uh, that's, I mean, that's a guy that people were talking about them getting. There's obviously, there's a lot of good quarterbacks this year. I think if they're going to draft them, which a lot of fans really think they are and have been talking about a ton, if they're going to do that, then they're very, very likely to still have Jimmy Garoppolo because they do not want to be rolling in like, okay, we're trying to get back to the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. I'm sorry, but they don't. The, the, the questions around Jimmy aren't like, everyone always thinks that it's like, oh, there's any questions, that quarterback's done. It usually takes a little while, and I think that's what's going to happen with him. But I'd like to hear your piece, Jake. Yeah, um, I actually like that you bring up the restructure thing because I think um, as NFL fans – we kind of look at issues as so black and white. It's either, oh, Jimmy's great. We're just going to keep him. Or, oh, Jimmy sucks. We're going to cut him, right? And it's really not that simple um, in the business world of sports. Um, I think that if Jimmy Garoppolo is cut, it, it's going to be very indicative of the direction they're going. Um, look, no rookie quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl. Um, so if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, you're not going to draft a rookie. Um, and if they were to cut Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that tells you which direction they're going in. They're either going to get Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, uh, Sam Darnold, one of those names that has kind of been thrown around. Not Kirk. Um, yeah, no I obviously hope we don't get Kirkland Cousins. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it is very possible that we see a restructure because the reality is the 49ers have the leverage here. Um, you know, they can easily tell Jimmy, hey, we're going to cut you and you're not going to make even like close to the dollar amount that we could pay you. So let's work on a restructure. Let's get you a bridge, uh, a bridgier here so we can get a guy like Trey Lance or Zach Wilson in the building. He can either compete with you and then take your job if you're not good enough. But you, hey, you still make, you know, 10, 15 million bucks or uh, you know, you play, you keep your job, and now we just have, you know, an extra couple of years of you at less money. So I actually do um, like the idea of a restructure, and I think that's probably likely. But if they do cut them, like I said, look for, you know, a signing kind of deal to take place because they're obviously not going to, you know, bank on a rookie quarterback being available, especially if we expect them picking to the, you know, the mid to late part of the draft in the first round. Yeah, that, that I, I'm totally there. Also not going to talk about the quarterback stuff a ton, um, but we're going to be talking about that a lot this off season, especially about, you know, Zach Wilson and all these prospects and possible free agent moves and stuff. But just really wanted to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo potentially being restructured. And one other thing about him is that 
it's it's worth it to him to in an, like to an extent because he would have a chance to play with such a good roster and have a chance to like make that money back kind of. Um, but next guy, final guy on the list, Jason Verrett. Don't have a ton to say about him. I mean, we everyone knows the story about Jason Verrett. Really talented player, ton of injuries. This is like his first year in a long time. Hopefully he makes it all the way through, fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that stuff. Um, but if he if he keeps playing like that, like a really good cornerback too, I mean, he's been playing honestly like a cornerback one so far. Um, he could be re-signed for like five, ten million dollars. I'd love that. Maybe he'd ask for more. I don't know if I'd be I'd probably wouldn't want to pay him that much with all of the injury history. But I like him being re-signed at five to ten million if he keeps playing how he has been so far. Yeah, and I would definitely take a uh, any kind of contract with Verrett on a year-to-year basis. Uh, if it's going to be two years, I would want a team option for the second year um, because I, I obviously don't want to risk paying a guy a ton of guaranteed money when you know the MO of this guy's career has been getting hurt. Um, I hope this guy makes it through all 16 games because he's been a stud. Um, I do like that five to ten million dollar sweet spot. Um, I think that's probably pretty fair for him. Um, but the also the reality is he's getting older, and you know with his injury history, I don't know how many years he has left in him. Just you know, it's been surgery after surgery after surgery. Um, I would love to get him re-signed and then you know draft a guy, or if Mosley's the guy, then you know let him sit behind Ferret and Sherman for another year and just let him develop. Um, but I'm with you. I think, you know, bringing him back is pretty much only beneficial for us as long as he's on the field. Yeah. And I said five to 10, the number that I just kind of had in my head was 7 million. That's what I thought, like maybe 7 million he'd sign. Yeah. Um, But I kind of put that decent sized range depending on how the rest of the season goes. Also, if he gets hurt, like, I mean, the problem with him is like, if you sign him as your second corner, it's really risky because of all the injuries. Like that's, what's really risky. Um, and especially with the, you know, the cap numbers being the way they are. I mean, like we were saying with Garoppolo, it, you know, if he restructures, it makes a deal like that more feasible. But, you know, if we're going to be right there again, uh, right button up with the cap, it's going to be tough to maybe justify signing a guy like this. We, we might just have to let him walk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then the honorable mentions that we wrote down, Sherman, Really, the question is, is he, is he washed? He's probably not. Um, Jaquaski, Ta- Jaquaski Tart, he's, I think he's good, but he gets hurt a lot, and I think the verdict's honestly already out there for him. Um, so I don't really think that the rest of the season's going to change that much. And then K1 Williams and Kyle Juszczyk, the only, like, anything really just depends. It's like it would be price-related. That's the only reason I think I think they know what those guys all four of those guys are as players. You could kind of make the case for Sherm just because he's getting older, but I mean I really think that they know who Jaquaski Tart, Kwan Williams, and Kyle Yuschek are as players. So I will say this: um, if you look at every kind of collapse in terms of Super Bowl to nothing. Usually a lot of it has to do with a lot of roster turnover. Um, You don't want constant roster turnover. So I think bringing, you know, three of these guys back is probably pretty good. And if I had to pick those three, I would go Juice, K1, and Sherman. Um, I really like Tart, um, but the question is going to be 
for me at least, uh, money-related, especially with how often he gets hurt. Um, it's not ideal that Marcel Harris is the backup, especially seeing him get absolutely torched on Thursday night. I forgot who it was. It might have been one of the worst receivers in uh, football, MVS, absolutely torching him. Uh, so that's obviously not ideal. We're going to have to go draft somebody possibly at the strong side. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like I agree with you. He's good. But the verdict is kind of already out. I, I just think he gets hurt way too much. And he's kind of in the same boat as Ward for me. Um, you know, he's an average player. You're probably better off putting your money somewhere else and then drafting a guy with a lot higher ceiling even if he is kind of a liability, not so much a liability playing out there, but, you know, gets burnt a you know, handful of times throughout the course of a game. Yeah, and I'd, I'd much rather see them use their capital on the defensive and offensive lines this offseason than signing a safety. Like, you want to win, you wanna win on, your, on the defense side of the ball through the defensive line. You don't want to win by, like, paying your secondary – I mean, we've already seen that really, like, not start to work out with Jimmy Ward. Uh, we talked about him earlier, but, like, doesn't seem like that's a very team-friendly deal. So that's kind of my issue there. Um, but overall, one more time, the four players that we think are playing for their 2021 jobs throughout the rest of the year that we're definitely going to focus on, on and watch a lot, like specifically these guys, Jimmy Ward, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jason Verrett. Um, but I want to thank everyone for listening. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please five-star rate and review the show. That'd be awesome. And Jake, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks.